0: Well, that's, so that's kind of a contrarian view, no? You know, well, okay, so here's, so here's why I say what I say. Um I think I mean that they're abandoning the narrative. I don't think that they're doing it for altruistic reasons. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm more suspicious now than ever. The other night, Woody Harrelson, and I know you posted something about this. He's hosting Saturday Night Live and at the end of his little monologue thing, he says, you know, basically COVID was this contrived thing and, you know, drug companies made us lock down in our homes and would only let us out if we took their medicines, um, which is, you know, basically what happened. But you and I both know, Jeffrey, that nothing that happens on network television happens by accident. It is scripted. They allowed that to happen. And I just kind of, it left me scratching my head and I was wondering... What are they up to here?
1: All right. Well, that's a really meta narrative. <laughs> my <laughs> my sense, yeah, that's that's a, a rather extreme, I would say, even for my taste. Uh, my <laughs> good. read on the situation is that that he decided he, he he's an awesome guy. Mm. He knows he's got a good career. There's no danger to him. Mm. He doesn't fear being canceled because he's stoned all the time, or something. <laughs> You know, and, and only people who are, you know, on weed all the time are like, "Hey, who cares? <laughs> so, you know, that's Woody Harrelson. And he's like decided to say uh, the truth that everybody knows is true mm. uh, on live television because it was such it in uh, live. Right. So nobody could stop him. And and look at the way the thing unfolded. He He said he was going to say this. Then he didn't say it. And he warmed up the audience for what, you know, three or four minutes with gibberish. Right. Right, And right at the end, he just let it loose. He's like, they locked us down to take their drugs. And they said, and now welcome to Saturday Night Live, whatever. He ended it. So I think that that was him trolling basically the whole world mm. with truth, right? I mean, with something that a narrative that I didn't believe for a very long time, like, I remember being on an interview in the late fall or or, or, or so on of, of uh, 2020, maybe it was in 2021, mm-hmm. and somebody said, wasn't this all about getting people on the vaccine? And I said, no, there's there's no chance of that. And my evidence was that Fauci in, in February had, had been asked the question, are we just locking down to wait for a vaccine? He said, no, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. There won't be a vaccine and we're not going to wait for it. Uh, this locking down is just to buy time for the hospitals and blah, blah, blah. So yes. he might have been lying, of course. But I I took him at his word and thought that this was not about the vaccine. Of course, now we know, looking back, that the vaccine was already in play in early January, right? I mean, from the very first mention, public mention of of uh, uh, a new <laughs> A new virus, uh, that the vaccine companies were all already going and they pulled every lever. And we, they already own the FDA. They already own the CDC. They already own the NIH through their, you know, patent, uh, uh royalty schemes. Right. And they already owned uh, large media with their advertising and so on. And so I think the idea. My current theory, and we're both adaptable on this stuff, right? I'm right. open to any theory. But my current theory is that the idea was that the idea of the lockdowns, the reason you had to stay in your home, the reason you couldn't go to church, the reason that uh, you couldn't go to the gym and so on, was to preserve the immunological naivety of the population. So there's a new uh, uh, kind of coronavirus that was not SARS-CoV-1, which was not easily spread. It was more transmissible. Therefore, everybody in the world would get it. So it was an ideal condition. Everyone would get this virus. Everyone. And um, in the past, these new viruses, we would upgrade our immune systems. So we would get it, get exposure. And... It would run through the
0: population, on. and right,
1: exactly, we move on. Yeah, it would burn through on. the population, and we move on, and that was it. And the people who would otherwise die, in the, in this particular case, the people who otherwise would have died will have died from, a, in, in a way that was attributed to SARS-CoV-2, right, as versus something else. That's, right, the new kid on the block gets all the credit, right? That's more or less what happened. right. Now, what do you do about the rest of the population? So you have a whole industry that's completely dedicated to the idea that your health is in their hands. Right. You are going to be sick unless they you take their shot. So now they needed to de- demonstrate to the whole world that they're the most essential industry, vaccines. Mm. And uh, so this new pathogen came along, and they're like, how about we preserve the immunological naivety of the entire population for as long as possible? And we'll pull every trigger, EUAs, whatever, panic, political panic, whatever. But we'll get the shot out in a record time, six six or eight months. And we'll bypass the usual uh, uh, testing, that sort of thing. And then we'll come along and will cure the world. However, the critical part here is that the world needs to be cured. Mm. How do we achieve that? Well, let's keep everybody locked in their homes, have them hide, Uh, don't go to the symphony, don't go to the store, don't do anything. Just, Just don't do anything. Put on a mask, right, to further the sense of panic for as long as possible. Then when the vaccine comes out, everybody will be desperate to get it. That's that's what I think that the, the idea was from
0: the very beginning. And I don't I mean I don't think that's far from the I mean if you look back on what they had us do, they basically had us do the exact opposite of what we should have done, right? So instead of commingling right. and having this thing run through the population as you said, we had to isolate in our homes. Um mm. instead of getting sunlight, you had to be <laughs> indoors kind of hidden away. Um instead of taking vitamins. And stuff like that, you had to be, you know, again locked right. at home.
1: So the, this is, this is another aspect that confirms the theory, is the the, um, the um, deprecation of of therapeutics, right? Uh, hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin, and I'm sorry, like I don't think these things are magic cures. Nothing is magic cure. Vitamin D, nothing is a magic cure. In the sun, uh, zinc, and nothing is magic. Right and and nobody ever said it was, but doctors to whom I've spoken mm. over the last year have told me that for the whole of their careers, when a when a respiratory pandemic like this comes along or a respiratory virus, they always it, which embeds itself deeply in the lungs. Mm. Uh, the 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 solution was always known: hydroxychloroquine, ivermectin. Doxycycline for secondary infections, uh, vitamin D for prevention, and uh, zinc for uh, replacing essential minerals, right? We always knew this. This is nothing new. Nothing new. So the, so, so the fact that the ruling class said, oh, hydroxychloroquine is terrible. D- don't take ivermectin. In fact, you can't get it, <laughs> even if you want it. You A drug that's it.
0: been on the market for 50 years, by the way. And won the Nobel
1: Prize and, you know, cured countless millions of people um, and continues to. And animals, right? Right. Or <laughs> That's right. Dog. <laughs> There's whatever. nothing care. to cure. Right. Right. Yeah, right. No, you're not allowed to take it. So why was that? And people have speculated that it was all about the EUA that the EUA would not have been granted unless those mm-hmm. were taken off the markets. In other words, the EUA was only was conditional on the idea that there's no other cures. Maybe. Um, I think they would have gotten the EUA otherwise. I think it would really was to, to basically torture the population and eliminate every other alternative other than Pfizer and Moderna. Mm. Now, why do I name those two companies? Well, AstraZeneca, which had a more or less quasi-traditional vaccine, not that any vaccine works for coronavirus, but if, if, if it did, AstraZeneca would have been one. It was never approved in the U.S. Mm. J&J, it was approved. Mm. I would say just approval to deflect from the fact that they really wanted to uh, get mRNA uh, uh, front and center. But almost like within two months of its approval, it was itself taken off the market by Fauci and said, oh, it's, it gives us blood clots. We have to get rid of this thing. We're See, we're about vaccine safety. So that was an entirely a, a strategy, a, a diversion tactic. Right. And poor J&J got really uh, screwed over uh, with that one. Right. Because it was one shot, remember? Right. And uh, Yeah. But uh, that was taken off the market. It never recovered its market share. Suddenly, we are entirely reliant on mRNA, just within a matter of
0: months. Do do you think the whole thing was really to serve as a vehicle um, for getting mRNA in our bodies? Let me just say that if you believe that,
1: that doesn't strike me as without evidence. Hmm. Right. So the thing is that there's a lot of parties involved here. Right. Government always wants, wants more power. Uh, big tech companies want us to sit at home and be on Zoom all the time. And so is, there's a lot of interests that wanted to destroy human liberty right. as we thought we needed in 2019. and They right. all kind of came, you know, gathered around this, this pandemic and said, oh, now's our chance. So everybody just jumped into it. So wait, which, which is the, the group that was the critical influencer behind the Department of Defense uh, initiative? Um, I haven't entirely under- figured that out yet. But anyway, there is a ruling class out there and they know what they want. It's the, you know, WEF agenda, basically, mm, right? Yeah. We're sitting at home. You know, uh, staring at our computers, uh, eating their, uh, fake meat, having it being delivered by the working classes and being stamped and tracked and traced, you know, with their vaccine passports leading to a central bank digital currency. I think all of that is true. Mm. But exactly what happened in January 2020, w- which institution was the Critical one, I, I'm not entirely sure, and it, it becomes more mysterious when you look back at 2019 when you see um, the war, the drum uh, games, right? So event I 21 mean, uh, that over overlaid with you know um, SARS-CoV-2, mm-hmm. and the people that ran that game also were in charge of the coronavirus. Um, deployment and, and administration. So it was all very, very wicked. I mean, we we don't entirely know. I mean, was it a national security thing? Was it a vaccine company, tech companies? I don't know. I mean, what role did Amazon play in this? I mean, it's, it's hard to weight all these things. But in any case, you had a ruling class attack
0: on the whole population. That's what happened. You know, this Oxford study that came out that basically said that states that locked down didn't achieve any um, better health outcomes, but instead devastated their economies. Um, That kind of adds a whole new dimension to this exercise because maybe the independent economy was the target. Yeah, it could be.
1: That's a brilliant study, actually. There have been a number of them, right? So the people locked down did not, performed better in a health sense, but they performed much worse in an economic sense. Hundreds of thousands of uh, businesses were destroyed. I mean, we don't know the final numbers. I, I looked into this the other day. I was trying to figure out like, exactly what is the number. It's 100,000 or maybe a million. We just don't know. Right. And they never came back, by the way. No, never came back. And then you have other demographic problems that, like, okay, kids lost two years of education. You had women in the workforce who left by the millions. If not come back, it's an appalling thing. I mean, like, we we're back to 1970s level of uh, labor uh, force participation by women in that working age group, 1970s. And I've not heard a single feminist
0: agitator uh, talk about this. So it really was a great reset. That same study, I find this fascinating, found that migration from states that had heavy lockdown policies to states that did not have that. I mean, I can speak to this anecdotally. I'm in the Northeast. I'm in New Jersey in the little compound here where i live it seems like once the lockdowns ended everyone moved out my neighbor who's been here for 13 years says i've never seen it this empty i mean the parking lot is half empty where it was routinely packed before um so people voted with their feet on this thing i don't know if there's any more um sincere referendum on the policies than that
1: it was dramatic Probably bigger than any migration since the 1840s or 50s in the United States. And it's weird because it, 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 it drags all capital and, and a lot of people, intellectual capital and real capital yeah. out of red states or out of blue states into red states. So the whole energy of the country has shifted. Right. Um, and you've been to New York. Have you been to New York recently? I uh-
0: have. Yeah. yeah about it's it's sad. No, it's it's, yeah, it's 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 a sad. complete I, it's barely unrecognizable and I was born and raised in the city.
1: Okay. Yeah. It's 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 catastrophic what's happened there. The entire uh, city stinks of pot and trash. Mm. And uh uh you have to step over uh homeless uh people to get anywhere. It's uh the prices are sky high. Uh the intelligence has left the city. It's 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 barely hanging on. It's it's the world's greatest city. Yeah. Was destroyed. Yeah. Like and you remember those days with the vaccine passports, they said New York City is reserved only for the vaccinated? Like right. why would you do that? Right. Ninety-nine <laughs> percent of the population did not need vaccines. New York City, the greatest city in the world decided to segregate itself by vaccines. This one vaccine. You
0: remember the Blasio with the cheeseburger, that, that exhibit when he's eating the cheeseburger and he's like, hmm, this is what awaits you when you get a vaccine. I mean, looking back on it, it's just so, it was just so ridiculous. You said something that really kind of caught my attention the other day. You said um, vaccines are not safe, they're not effective, and it turns out they weren't even necessary. And I thought, boy, if So that's that- very interesting, Right. If if there's anything that belongs on a bumper sticker, it's that. <laughs> right. I, it I agree with that.
1: That that struck me. I forget. It was not my phrase. Somebody else said that. Um, but I thought that. So safe and effective. I, d- I didn't know. Cause I'm not a specialist in this area. Like, if you get the injection, is it safe? Is it effective? Maybe, maybe not. You know, I, just, I, I couldn't say it's not my area. But I definitely knew that it wasn't necessary. Yeah. And I knew that from early on in the pandemic only because I read books like Cell Biology for Dummies, Mm. you know, or I I even read a a first-year textbook on virology for medical school written five years ago, whatever. And I knew for sure that a vaccine for a coronavirus could not work for all the reasons that, of all people, Fauci, Explained uh, just last week, in and, and 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 the journal called Cell. It, it mutates too quickly. There's too many variants. Um, it uh, uh, it it lives in the nasal passages. It's mucosal, right? And you can't vaccinate against that. It's, it's always changing. So va- they've never had a vaccine against the coronavirus ever. I mean, there's plenty of things you can you can vaccinate against. You cannot vaccinate against a coronavirus, as far as we know. And so, I knew this. Whatever they came out with, they called a vaccine would 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 never would never actually be effective. But more than that, I saw the demographics of, of medically significant danger from this pathogen, and I knew that from from February of 2020. I knew for sure that most people would never need this vaccine. Mm. Now, one reason you might need a vaccine is to protect others. But because it's coronavirus, I knew that it would not be sterilizing. Mm. So, therefore, it would never contribute to public health. I knew this from April. And I'm, I'm not a specialist in this area, but I knew this. So, is it necessary? Is it safe? Is it effective? It was never necessary. For 99% of the population.
0: I'm glad that you mentioned that paper in Cell. For people who have not, um, who aren't familiar with it, uh, why aren't we talking about this a little bit more? Fauci basically puts his name on a paper that says these vaccines are not effective for the reasons you just laid out. Um, That's right. Vaccines are not effective for viruses like the coronavirus. Um, mm mm-hmm. I mean, are people just in denial about? I mean, it's right there in black and white. He put his name on it. He's admitting I, it.
1: I don't understand. I don't understand why it's not the cover the New York Times. Why it's <laughs> CNN's not talking about it? Right? I mean, it's a huge. It's, it's a huge, hugely important uh, uh, study. And I can just tell you, when I first read it, I was like, my jaw dropped on the floor. It's not that it's anything new. It's all the things we knew three years ago, right? right. It was reiterated by him and his co-author. Um. But I had to talk. So, so Brownstone has a lot of scientists yeah. associated with it, right? Like serious people. Right. And about two weekends ago, I had I, I I was surrounded by these guys, and I'm like, "Who's going to write the article to explain, <laughs> right, <laughs> that what Fauci said <laughs> in his latest article is correct?" Right, and they're like. Why should I do that? You know, I mean, their attitude was this is first year medical. This Mm -hmm. is ninth grade biology. Like, why should I already knew? Right. Right. Finally, I just like uh, leaned on, you know, 10 of them and they were all bored by the topic. I finally got David Bell to write about it. And he wrote an article that went mega viral uh, about how what Fauci said is what everybody thought we knew three years
0: ago. So well, but so but I mean respect respectfully to all those um, you know people who you just spoke about who are smarter today than than probably I'll ever be the story is not that the vaccines are not effective the story is that fauci puts his name on a paper that says the vaccines are not effective even though for the last 3 years we've heard nothing from this man other not than vaccines for. are effective yeah, you know, they're really effective against variants. Right? Remember that, right?
1: Ninety-five percent effective, or whatever they claim, and they're right. really, really impressive against variants. Said Fauci. So that was that was weird. That's like a Freudian lie that was taking place. Right? He knew for sure they would be completely disabled by variants, and he knew the variants were coming. And he promised the American public that the vaccines would work for them too,
0: mm. without
1: a slightest bit of evidence that that was true. Mm. So now, here's what's interesting to me about let's dial back slightly. Um, you wanted to know from the beginning, like what was the key mover? Was it the vaccine companies? You know, and and we're both thinking maybe it was, uh, but that entire plot. If that was the plot from the very beginning, let's invent a potion to make a lot of money, lock down the population, come along, save them. We're the white knight. Everybody will love us forever. Mm. And to be to be dependent on vaccines, and then we can have vaccine passports, and that'll be tied to central okay. bank d- digital currency that's all wrapped up. So everything about this depends on one critical aspect, one critical feature, that the vaccines worked. Yeah. But they did not work. They didn't prevent infection and they didn't prevent spread. Now, that may sound a little abstract until you consider that this is about people's lives. Mm. People got vaccinated, vaccinated again, boosted, boosted again, and still got COVID. Mm. So that, that, that really does undermine the entire tale. So I think th- you, you opened this interview by going, is the narrative unraveling? In that sense, it is unraveled. Like nothing turns out to be true. Like if the vaccines didn't actually work to prevent infection or spread and actually even another layer are causing damage, why did we lock down? If the point of the lockdowns and the masks were to stop the spread and prepare the way for the vaccine to save us and the vaccine doesn't work, what that means in the big picture is that three years of hell, of destruction of law, destruction of democracy, destruction of the Bill of Rights, Mm. essential rights and liberties we all thought we had – businesses, was all pointless. It did not serve any purpose. That's the terrifying reality. And that's the reality that you understand and I understand. But the majority of people are not ready to recognize it because most people have, have made such sacrifices over the last few years. They They threw away everything to serve the great cause of uh, pandemic control. And the net result is, it was all a waste. That's a terrifying reality. But that's that we're getting there. We're getting there, right?
0: Yeah.
1: But 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 it's too scary. I th-
0: I think I think you're onto something there. I think there's a normalcy bias that has taken over, and people just don't want. They just don't want to go there. They don't want to think about what that means if all of these institutions conspired to kind of pull one over on us. I mean, mm-hmm. that is, it's just it's just a lot to to kind of comprehend. I have right. a theory that um, that this move by Fauci, even his resignation, kind of struck me as kind of you know strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was you know he was king of the world, right? Everything he said mm-hmm. became law, and here he is walking away of his own volition. Maybe it's um, it's to give him an answer to the question, what did you know and when did you know it? If he says, well, you know, in, in January of 23, I co-authored this paper. That's when it became obvious that the vaccines weren't effective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then maybe that, I mean, not that he'll, I don't know He'll ever, if he'll, he'll ever be dragged to court or face charges or anything like that, but maybe it's an insurance policy. I don't know. What do you think about that?
1: Well, you know, I, I listened to that interview with, with Fauci, which he said, look, you don't understand the science changes. Right? We thought one thing in, in February 2020. We thought something different in April 2020. Now, the fact that he mentioned those two dates is very interesting to me right. because uh, that reveals um, something about his mentality, that he advocated lockdowns, and it was completely unnecessary, and right. he actually achieved his goal. Right, um, and then he said, and then we found out more things later. So, this is a very interesting theory because it, it, he's just one guy interpreting the science. Right, the science is pouring down on his head. He's like discerning what it means, and then and then pushing. Well, out. He, is, he is science too. Remember that? <laughs> that's right. That's right. And he puts a, pushes out a theory that affects how many lives billions of people. Like, his one judgment affects the lives of billions, whether your kids can go to school, whether you can go to uh, worship, whether you can go to your uh, gym, whether you can leave your home, right? Your parents' funeral for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dentistry, whether you can get a a cancer screen. Like, everything that we call human life is suddenly in Fauci's hands. Right. And he wants us to forgive him. Right. Because he said, well, we thought the science had one thing in February. And it turns out by April it changed. Mm-hmm. And he even said this in the interview. He goes, if we had known in April what we knew, uh, uh we would known in February what we knew in April, we would not have recommended that. We would have reversed ourselves." But here's, a, here's a, a more interesting question. It's like, do we really want to live in a world an entire world with the exception of like five nations that's hanging on the judgments of one person.
0: I I mean, I, I think that's the question to ask and answer, um, you know, what do we, what do we take for granted? What do we take at face value? And, and maybe we should stop doing that. (laughs) I think that's the reality that we have to face. These are
1: very important questions, and they really do reach back to fundamental issues of what kind of government do we want, what what kind of world do we want to live in, and uh, And what kind of people do we want in those positions? Right. About a thousand years ago, with the Magna Carta, we decided that the king should not have all power. That there's there's a power beyond the one guy, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like. You're you're powerful and awesome, we respect you, and you've got a crown on your head, and that's great. But, but you don't have unlimited power. Right. Well, really, why not? Well, why not? Why don't you have unlimited power? Let's think about this. Well, because there's other people that have rights. And those rights can sometimes contradict what you say. So therefore, you have to sign this paper that says, I surrender all my, you know, my claim to omnipotence
0: yeah.
1: in exchange for which you get rights. Now, in those days, it was just the aristocracy. But as, you know, the centuries unfolded, we'd, we decided that it wasn't just the aristocracy that had rights, but it was actually every stakeholder in society. And then finally, everybody had rights. Yeah. So everyone is equally powerful in a democratic and free society. That, that that's that's a different world from that which we inhabited in, say, the 11th century. Right. 11th century. That's a complete transformation. So in 2020, we suddenly decided that was all a mistake.
0: Right. <laughs> right.
1: Right. We're gonna give it's even more implausible. We're not going to give all power to a king, to the king who at least has, you know, fancy clothes, uh, clothes, ermine ur- ur- robes and, and a title and is blessed by God, a bloodline you know, and whatnot. Yeah, blood the, God bless the king. Right. Right. But we're going to give it to Fauci. Yeah. <laughs> man, uh, you know, about whom we've never even heard before, right. Right. simply because he's compelling on TV.
0: he's ruler of the world now (laughs) wow (laughs) what madness huh what madness what madness um jeffrey in the few minutes that we have left here tell us about the brownstone institute because as the weeks and the months go by here i become more and more impressed with the work that you guys um put out and it seems to me like you guys are attracting more and more thought leaders from different segments of yeah. society. And it's, it's really, it's really turned into something. So congratulations.
1: Well, thank you for that. I, I have to tell you um, something that most people don't know. Uh, we ha- we do have a front facing uh, website with articles every day and that sort of thing. And that's great. I love it. I think it's, you know, very valuable, but underneath what you see, there's much more going on. We are a, ultimately a charity. We're here to save minds and ideas. Um, it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a salvific mission that's going on because what I saw in 2020, well, I knew there would be. It was it was basically a, um, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, a scattering of of greatness, right? That, yeah. that happened. Like people were just thrown into the wilderness, and I established this fellows program, which was funded very quickly. But it's funded up to six fellows, and then I got eight fellows, and and now we're a little bit levered up because I got another uh, request on on Friday from a scientist who's fired from. Um, uh two positions for his tweeting and his opposition. And then the very next day, 24 hours later, I got another uh, uh call from a guy who's um, 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 made the great uh, contributions to many, many great contributions to the scholarship around this pandemic who needed help. Um So I've not pulled the trigger on that one yet because which, you know, it's all about funding, right? Mm. But when the diaspora happens, what do you do? you know, do you save everybody? You'd like to, but you can't. Do you save the people that you know need saving and you have the resources to save them? You've got the basement, you've got the attic. What Mm. do you do? Mm. You do what you can. So for me, that is the work of Brownstone. It's not really about the articles. I mean, it is about the articles, but that's that's just what we do in the front face. Um, um, back from that front face, it really is about um, sanctuary. Yeah.
0: And yeah. it's about preservation, ultimately. Preservation. preservation and, and by the way, like the,
1: the, the, the reason that people do not know this is because I, I do not broadcast it. I do not explain it to people because it would require that I exploit people's personal tragedies for our financial gain. Mm. You see what I mean?
0: So I don't,
1: I don't, I don't, I, I, I've had plenty of opportunities for a long time to do this. Tell the, the sad story to, to to plead for, for people's money. And, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with that. I would do that if I could, there's something that stops me from it. Mm. Um, because I just don't want to reveal people's private lives and suffering, uh, particularly for institutional benefit. So I just I keep saying over and over again, support Brownson. We're doing good work. Yeah. Um, we have three staff members. <laughs> that's all we have. Um, I don't get a salary personally. Um, we're here to to save the ideals of the Enlightenment. Um, and that's all we do. And, and the, the needs and the demands are, are confronted to me every single day. And it's overwhelming. And I'm so deeply grateful for, for benefactors have, have stepped up. Um, and we're talking about large scale, small scale, everything in between. And they really have made it possible for us to function, but that functioning means, uh, saving their lives, um, and careers, but also their work paves the way for a new enlightenment. I mean, this is,
0: this is the work we have to do right now. I'm sorry,
1: but this is what
0: we have to do. I mean, we spoke a moment ago about the power shift that's going on geographically. Well, intellectually, the mainstream media is, I mean, it's just dead. I hope I'm, I hope that's not an overstatement, but I'd, I can't bear to watch network television. I can't bear to read yeah. the New York Times or USA Today. Um, you know, I'm reading Brownstone. And I'm on Rumble. Yeah. That's where I get my news, and um, I'm it's better chain, off. Right? I'm better off for it. It it is a change, well, and it's a great time to be alive.
1: So just to, just to back up slightly. So uh, not to alarm you more, but we've been here before, right? Mm. After the fall of Rome, mm. but that was mostly localized, right? Um, even in interwar Europe. It wasn't local, but it was it was regional, and the map of Europe was painted black. But there are always sanctuaries, p- places for people to go. Mm-hmm. In 2020, we saw a global, global lockdown and a, and a global purge. So now we have to be more clever. We have to figure this mm-hmm. out, right? So what Brownstone is doing is finding heroes here and here and here and here to say, uh, come with us. We'll give you a platform. We'll give you uh, some support. We'll give you an intellectual community. Don't lose hope. Believe in what you do. Yes, you're going to be punished for your bravery, but maybe you shouldn't be dead because of your bravery. How about that? Let's do that. At least that much. We can't save the world, but we can
0: do good. Do you have the opportunity to do good? You do it that's it. I think that's a perfect note to end on. Um, always a fascinating conversation when you come by, Jeffrey. Thank you very much. Thank you. pleasure we'll to see you. All right. All the best.